In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Please be seated. With Ash Wednesday, the church begins uh, the, the observation of the season of Lent, that season of contrition and repentance as we reflect upon our sin, our great sin, and our need for a Savior as we anticipate his cross on Good Friday and resurrection on Easter. Uh, and on Ash Wednesday, the first thing we probably want to address is the ashes that we all have on our heads. Because uh, it's one of those things that we do regularly and maybe we don't think about it as much. So why, why do we do this? Well, it's, it's kind of cool and it gets you here, which is nice. Something different. But there's actually something a little bit more depressing about it. We wear the ashes uh, for the same reason the pastors said when the ashes were put on. Remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. So we can remember those words first spoken in the Garden of Eden with a fall into sin. As God spoke to Adam and Eve, as a, as a consequence of their sin, they would face death. So you will return to the dust from whence you came. So just as God had formed Adam for the dust, he'll also die and, and also return to the dust. And so will we. Our bodies will return to the ground because we are sinful. We are, we are temporary in our time here. It's not just that we do sins either that's our problem but it's that we are sinners it's all of us our full selves it's not just that we have bad fruit from time to time but we are in fact bad trees we're corrupt down to the core and despite our mortality our fleeting time in this world we tend to live and act as though we're going to live forever in this world, don't we? We tend to make treasures of the things of this world, as Jesus rightly accuses us in the gospel. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We treasure the wrong things, and we love the wrong things. And the consequence of all of that is death. But our ashes are in the shape of a cross. For our sake, as our epistle lesson put it, God made him who knew no sin to be sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. By the death of Jesus for us, our sin has been paid for eternally, and we are given the righteousness of Jesus as a gift, a full gift from him. And so the Christian life between now and whether Jesus comes back or we face our own deaths, the Christian life is lived each day being turned back from loving the wrong things and making treasures of the wrong things and being turned back to Jesus. And that is the gift of repentance, this ongoing daily being turned, the gift of our Lord turning us away from our sins and our idols to himself. So he comes to us with his law and he turns us from loving the wrong things 
And then he forgives us in great mercy. Rinse and repeat over and over our whole life long. His law convicts us of loving the wrong things. Ultimately, we love ourselves most, don't we? And we seek to please ourselves most. If, if all the false gods that we form, it's ultimately ourselves. Behind all of our sin, all the individual sins that we might count according to the Ten Commandments, behind all of it is ultimately that we don't fear, love, love, and trust in God alone, but we in fact love and trust other things. So just think about any of the sins in your life that you struggle with, that you, that you bring here before the Lord to be forgiven. Think about your individual sins. What is it that is driving you to do that? Is it not that you ultimately love yourself more than what the Lord says? You love yourself more than your neighbor. You trust in other things more than God. So our trust in other things more than God drives us to be anxious, doesn't it? Because ultimately, if we can't solve the problem, then no one can, and we're driven to anxiety. We trust and love in anything else other than God, and we want to be God for ourselves. And this comes up in all of our commandments. The fact that it's so easy to do almost anything else in this world than to hear and learn the Lord's word. So we have to kind of form habits. You have to make it as convenient for yourself as possible and, 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 and build a discipline in reading the Lord's word. But do you have to actually you think, do you have a plan and, and build a discipline strategy of how you can binge watch shows on Netflix? No, those things come easy. But it's the Lord's word that we kind of naturally reject because it's the Lord's word that's actually trying to turn us back from our sins. We don't honor our father and mother as we should. We don't pray to the Lord as we should. We hold grudges and don't, don't forgive as easily as our Lord forgives us. Have we lived a chaste life in our bodies, in our hearts, in our computer screens? Are you content with what you have? Or do you wish you had what your neighbor has? Or maybe you wish that they would have a little bit less because they're too happy. How easily does gossiping come to us? How far do you have to scroll on your Facebook feed to see people so quick to gossip about others? It's much harder to defend our neighbor's reputation. Now, this is just a few of the bad fruits that come so easily to us. And all of this, the Lord's law convicts us of our sin and we can easily see our bad fruits. And yet the problem gets worse. The real problem is not the sin that we do. It's not the itemized list of individual actions, but our actions are only a symptom of our hearts. And so on this Valentine's Day where you find heart-shaped everything from heart-shaped cards and cookies and candy, Right? You can even get a heart-shaped pizza, I suppose, right? It makes sense you come to church, and all of our readings have to do with hearts. So our reading from the Psalm 51, creating me a clean heart. The collect of the day is for the Lord to give us contrite and new hearts. From the Old Testament lesson from Joel, rend your hearts. 
Turn your hearts back to the Lord. And finally, from our gospel, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The focus is on the heart, because as Jesus says, from the heart comes the real evil. We need new hearts. And so we pray, create in me a clean heart, O God. It has to be created within us. We can't make it ourselves. A broken car can't fix itself, right? And our sinful hearts can't clean themselves. They have to be created by another. And so that's what the Lord is doing to us in his gift of repentance. It is a gift. And that's so important for us to remember because it seems so easy for us to slip in repentance as like the one thing we do for salvation. Jesus died for you. It's all a gift. Uh, You can go to heaven as long as you do this one thing. So when Jesus said it is finished, he was kind of lying. What he meant was uh, it is finished as long as you repent. Well, that's turning repentance into work then, isn't it? Adding something to the cross of Jesus. So we have to understand even our repentance, our turning away from sin back to the Lord as a gift. As he gives us his word and shines a light upon our, upon our sinfulness and kills our sinful hearts with his law and then gives us new and clean hearts with his gospel. It's done to us from the outside. Your Jesus has taken all your sin upon himself, not because anything that you have done. It's not dependent on anything within you, otherwise it wouldn't be a gift. He has died for you and set you free. He has given you a clean heart and now sets you to love him. And we can love him rightly and love one another sincerely only with new hearts and clean hearts. Because good love toward God and neighbor has to come from the heart. And so he gives us new ones. May the Lord daily grant us this gift of repentance throughout this season of Lent and for our whole lives. Until we finally return to the dust and he finally calls us to himself eternally. Remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. But your God who created you from the dust the first time will create once again from the dust. The one who has overcome sin, death, and grave for you and who has created within you a new heart has joined himself to you in holy baptism. You are marked by his cross and so you belong to the Lord of life, both now and eternally. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. We stand for the offertory.